Earth to Cybertribe. Are you responding? Receiving. This is Cybertribe. We've been fighting the cybersecurity battle for decades now. You know, we're always going to be at a disadvantage to the attacker. It's always the basics that kill you. Oh, I need to update my web browser too? It is getting better, but we still run up against the same issues day in, day out. Hey, I'm Charles, and this is Cybertribe. Each episode, I'm joined by Richard Zalewski of the Centre for Strategic Cyberspace and International Studies. You can join the tribe now at thecybertribe.com. This is Cyber Tribe. Smart tech isn't new, but we are welcoming more devices into our lives every year. We've got to the point where teenagers can't comprehend what life was like for people without a mobile phone. The internet is widely available across the world and smart technology has been inserted into everyday appliances like fridges, thermostats and even toothbrushes. It won't be long before the next generation comes along and wonders what life was like back in the dark ages before Alexa. Baby! Coming! Alexa, turn down the thermostat. Okay, turning down thermostat. Ready. Here we go. What do you think people did before Alexa? Alexa, turn the temperature down two degrees. Thank you, dear. Alexa, tell me a joke. Jokes. Um... God, you think I know lies? Look at me. <laughs> Next. News. Get your news here. Alex, what's today's news? Doesn't matter. It's all fake. Al, <laughs> <laughs> play that song I like. Al, next song. Alexi, tell us something interesting. Okay. The earth is flat. And a witch stole his pants. Yeah. Alexa, miss, send this message to Prince Constantine. Oh. Alicia, remind me to delete those tapes. Yes, Mr. President. I delete. Yeah, I don't know what people did before Alexa. Alexa, play my favorite song. <laughs> Okay, so that advert from Amazon in 2020 is clearly a bit of a joke, but it sums my point up perfectly. The Internet of Things isn't going to go away, and while there are definite positives to smart tech devices, there are a number of negatives too. I'm Charles Commons, and on this episode of Cyber Tribe, we're taking a look at the good, the bad, and the downright ugly of IoT. Joining me and Rich Zalewski today are Bob Carver of Verizon, cybersecurity evangelist Chuck Brooks, and from the Center for Strategic Cyberspace and International Studies, Director for Research Henry Poo. So let's begin then. Bob, this one's for you to start us off, please. 
What are the good elements around the security of current home IoT devices? I think when the IoT vendor started forcing a password change when you set up the device, too many of them allowed for keeping the default password. And uh, that's what caused a, a lot of the issues. Also, as we move forward, I think we're forcing the, uh, well, not forcing, but have the option of being due two-factor authentication. So forcing uh, decent passwords and, not, and, and then the two-factor, I think, are the two things that general consumers can use. Does anyone else have anything else that they'd like to add with those? Yeah, I, I think overall that um, uh, going back a few years when uh, cable modems and things uh, and DSL modems were being installed in people's houses, <clears throat> I noticed just in my neighborhood, just walking around um, with my phone, you can basically connect up to anybody. Uh, and and it, was, it was wide open. Uh, but now, when you browse your local network, everything's locked down. Ironically, uh, we were driving in the car coming back from groceries, and I actually hooked up to the bus that was next to me on the highway, and I was able to watch a TV show. Just I was just trying it, and I was able to hook up with no no authentication, nothing. So you know, it's just it's just hanging out there. But uh, as uh, I was just mentioned, uh, things are changing. So getting the uh, authentication in place and things like that, it's uh, it's a big step. It, it's always the basics that kill you. I think everybody can agree on that. That's the one thing that always comes back and just kills you on some of these things. Has anyone else got any examples of when they've been next to a bus or on a train or anything like that, that they've been able to hook onto the, the Wi-Fi or anything that, that wasn't of the actual thing that they were riding at the time? Well, it, yeah, it's happened several times uh, for me, usually going back from D.C. and New York. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty common. I mean, it's a, and I agree with the, you know, the earlier statements that really need to, to focus on authentication and segmentation and firewalling. Uh, because of those uh, vulnerabilities. Okay, well, obviously that all sounds really quite good in a way to me because I kind of think, well, if I was on the bus, I'd love to be able to watch a film or, or something on Netflix or, or stream a podcast or something. But surely that there's got to come at a price for that accessibility, hasn't there, Henry? Yeah, um, actually, um, a lot of people think that, you know, having easier access is um, a lot of convenience. But again, you know, if you leave yourself wide open in the open areas, you just, you know, leave yourself vulnerable. So, um, again, there's a lot of vendor over here in Taiwan that actually manufactures IoT device that you uh, that does not have the uh, necessary requirements or um, security met- uh, methodologies in place. But right now, it's also changing with the landscape because, you know, a lot of people are asking for a more secure environment. And like like we always been finding out, you know, there's a lot of IoT devices that's hackable and it's always been the case. And till now, you know, it's not changed much, but it's not changing. So that's what we're seeing in the marketplace right now. Why is that, do you think? Why has there been a sort of maybe a, a, a lax with the security up until now? Um, a lot of it has to do with um, the development and the ease of the development itself because um, whenever you are dealing with something that is so small and you need to put in uh, necessary uh, security requirement, it adds on to the cost. So when you have something like IP camera or you know a smart thermometer or whatsoever, those things are running on a very limited capacity. And if you try to put in too much 
you know, you you need to, you know, either expand the cost, use a better hardware, or you need to actually putting uh, more um, check and balances into the whole uh, whole uh, into the device itself, and actually try to um, limit people not being able to access them. And the other side is that you know when you need to do troubleshooting or you need to do tech support, they leave a lot of backdoors behind that is not being mentioned. So um, quite a bit, uh, quite a bit of the devices that we see on the market right now still have those backdoors. And even with those has proper, supposedly proper security built into them, they still are having the same issue of being hacked because there's always some parts of it that might be oversighted or not being able to uh, to be looked at carefully enough. And the, we we actually run quite a bit of a contest over here to see how many devices uh, devices can be hacked. And there's actually quite a bit. And there's, there's a real fact that there is no IoT devices out there right now that cannot be hacked. So not trying to uh, paranoid or scare anybody, but that's just the fact of the matter right now, unless more are being brought into place in terms of specifications or in terms of the security requirement that comes into the whole picture. And that's what thesis is actually trying to focus right now on to bring more of this awareness and more of um, um, uh, the whole the wholesome uh, ecosystem to in terms of security, in terms of how you manufacture or in terms of how you implement out devices um, in your environment or to vendor or to your home. That's what we're trying to do for the moment. Bob at Verizon, have you noticed your, your customers actually asking for more security or is it something that they're not really concerned about? I think I think a lot of them end up expecting it, um, especially on a consumer level. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, a lot of companies want to try to monetize Things, but then when you talk to the general consumer, they say, "Well, why aren't you just giving that to us already?" And and to be honest, we do a lot of that already, and I've 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 spearheaded a lot of those projects myself. Um, but on the uh, when you're talking about commercial clients, I I think they have a better understanding of you know that security does cost. And they're willing, usually, to spend extra to make sure that their systems are secure. I mean, that that is very good to hear, isn't it, Chuck? I mean, you wouldn't expect to have a, a commercial outlet turning around and saying, Do "You know what? Security doesn't matter. Let's just sell, sell, sell." Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it's part of the the greater cybersecurity problem. I think it's the, the general public has been slow to react. They say, "Ah, another another breach," uh, or "It's not me." So I think. Uh, the problem with uh, IoT is that you're dealing with a lot of uh, diverse technologies and, and multiple protocols, and, and there's a lack of understanding by the public. And uh, as Bob said, it's, it's more it's different with with uh, with business and, and and companies that are involved in, in areas of security. We have an understanding of the vulnerabilities, but it's it's a long it's an educational process, and there's nothing really since there's no really global standard or or, or best practices yet evolved in IoT it's going to be partially a, an educational process, just like cybersecurity is, to get people aware of, of what the problems are. Rich, is there any sort of timescale on, on whether this is going to come into, into place, these standards? I think right now it's a bit of the Wild West out there. It's just, just to jump back a bit, like I, some of the comments were really good just that we just had. Uh, and I think uh, one of the nails on the head that was uh, just hit was basically 
the 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 way IoT is exploding onto the market. Um, even a few years ago, you didn't hear about a lot of things like the uh, Google Home and and all that um, that whole area. But uh, now, like you, like my brother uh, rented a condo. He got a he got a cable connection, and his cable provider gave him a Google Home for free so he has that but that means everybody has that and all these all these devices are going to be coming onto the market i, I was actually uh, reading that there's going to be billions over the next few years be like i think five billion devices or something that are projecting that come onto these things and as henry said <clears throat> that um a lot of these things are going to be uh you know quick to market cheap small devices like ip cameras and, and things like that they don't have they don't have inherent security built into them so that's going to be one of the main issues uh, uh, so it's it's really hard to uh, put a timeline on this. Like we've been fighting the cybersecurity battle for decades now, and we're still talking about the same things about password security and security of this and security of that. It is getting better because security is being overlaid on top of some of these devices, but we still run it up against the same issues day in day out. I know I do uh, when I talk to people uh, at our conferences and things like that. Oh, we have this issue. Well, that we had that issue twenty years ago. And it's still still coming up, so it's hard to project forward. I think it's going to get better. I think uh, uh, consumers are demanding that you know when I get my device, <clears throat> it should have some sort of inherent security level. And I'm sure vendors will come up with you can buy the extra, uh, for like the for, was mentioned with the commercial uh, clients. But I think it's going to get better. It's it, but we're still going to be behind the curve on a lot of security issues out there. It just it's just inherent. Who who do you lay the blame? with then for that because you could argue that maybe it's if consumers didn't buy the products that didn't have the security then the companies that make them would start to put the security in because they're not going to make any money otherwise but the consumers are obviously going to do it so therefore does it fall back towards the manufacturer i think it's always going to lie at the manufacturer's feet because they're the ones deploying devices and they have to they have to sort of take some sort of do care in, in these things. And if they don't, then I think they're running the risk of uh, alienating clients. So if you're launching a new product and all of a sudden it shows up, shows up on the news, it's been hacked this way, that way, and every which way because of a very basic security flaw, then you're going to lose a, a, going to lose a lot of trust in the, um, in the consumer base. And then um, you're pretty much done. Versus a company that, you know, you know what to say. No news is good news. So I think if you're uh, working on, on a new development for IoT and you launch it out there and it's sound to a certain point, and that it's it's not going to wind up in the news, then you're 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 kind of there. But I think I think really it, it lies at the at the consumer's feet because not everybody's <clears throat> fluent in cybersecurity and what has to be done. Uh, especially the uh, the older generations out there, like the the uh, people getting into the seventies and uh, in that area, who still want to use the technology and uh, and some of the IoT devices really enable things. Like my mother, she's she's ninety, but she has the the uh, Google Home, so she could turn her lights off and on and set a thermostat without without getting up. That's great. Should she be aware of cybersecurity? Absolutely not, because she doesn't have even the concept of what it is. So I think at that at that level, it's always going to fall at the feet of of uh, the uh, people or the companies providing the services. Is it maybe fair to say, Bob, that 
customers or you know people like me for example just don't really think about the security until something happens and that is in the news that's actually the point when people start going oh actually yeah absolutely and and as as chuck no, since he's a Ring owner, uh, Ring has been in the news here the last several weeks. And but one thing I will have to to hand it to Ring is they uh, offered a way to to bid it, put in the two factor authentication, and they put it on their website for uh, people that own these products, so they can uh, you know add that extra layer of security on their products. So I think that's one of the key things is is to look for vendors that are going to be backing their product, that are going to be doing updates to their product, and stand by their products instead of just going with the first vendor or the or the one that's the cheapest vendor, but but one that uh, actually stands behind their product uh, to be able to make it secure over time. I, I mean, Joe, if you're you're a ring owner, as Bob has just said there, then. Was it? Do you think if you weren't working in this field, that you would have bought that product and, and given a second thought to the fact that somebody could maybe get into it? You know, I think if I wasn't, I probably would not even pay attention. And because I only, I only base it on people I, I, I talk to that are sort of out of sight of the cybersecurity realm, and and they have, you know, they they just like they plug in the refrigerator, they don't think about it, and. Uh, you know, and and it's right. I mean, unless because there's no, I'm like a you know smartphone. You don't get direct firmware updates. You have to plug in your phone. But with devices, you know, like Ring and others, you rely on the company to sort of uh, be able to publicize and like they said, put it up on the website. And so I, I think maybe that will be more of the the, the rule rather than the exception with with uh, companies in IoT uh, where they don't have necessarily a direct understanding of what may happen to a specific device, but can uh, provide alerts. So I think it's incumbent upon all people now who are uh, ready consumers in this tech era to be uh, deeply involved in, in all their connectivity and in, in, uh, understand what the implications are if they get breached. Okay. So in my house, then I, I haven't got a ring, unfortunately, but we do have a smart thermostat and, and I can obviously control that from my phone. Um, but when an engineer comes to do like the annual sort of checks, he can log into that thermostat, but he doesn't do it through my phone and he doesn't actually do it through the thermostat itself either. He sits there with his, you know, sort of very bulky looking laptop and logs in from there without any need for knowing any of my credentials for it. If it's that easy for them, then it's going to be easy for someone with bad intentions to get into it as well. Am I right? Um, no, you're not wrong at all. I mean, it, it's the same again as cybersecurity. It's much easier for the, the more sophisticated hackers um, to basically pick the low-hanging fruit. And uh, there are, uh, you know, that's why, uh, you know, a layered defense, uh, you know, authentication, you know, uh, as much as you can do is, is always helpful, of course, changing passwords. But, uh, you know, we're always going to be at a disadvantage to the attacker. So what can we do to sort of even the playing field then? Well, I mean, I think that... It's, you know, the best thing is, is cybersecurity awareness and cybersecurity hygiene. And I think eventually we'll also have the benefit of uh, machine learning and other activities that maybe will automate some of our activities. Because I think that's the only real answer for consumers who don't have the sophistication or the time usually to, to really focus on, on their own security. So I think uh, that will be um, probably the trend in the next couple of years. Um, and uh, the probably managed outside security, too, with a lot of the devices you'll be looking at 
maybe companies uh, specializing in this area to protect your home, protect all your connections. So it's, it's, it'll be an interesting market. Bob, is there anything that Verizon do at the moment to sort of let their customers know what they should be doing for their IoT security? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think uh, they have some general, um, you know, updates uh, via, uh, you know, marketing type things where, you know, keep your antivirus up to date, keep your browser up to date, keep your operating system up to date, you know, look for, you know, suspicious emails or suspicious uh, websites, just more of a, a general educational t- type of thing that, uh, and I think people don't always remember. I mean, there's so many people that I know that like, oh, I need to update my web browser too, not just my operating system. There's there's a lot of things like that. Or, oh, I need to update my, my home router, you know, by a, a security update. I think it's just a lot of those type of general things to be able to help uh, the general public un- understand that they may have to take an active uh, participation in the security of their own home uh, networks and IoT. Rich, as, a, as an analyst, what's your sort of response to the original question about you know bad actors being able to get in just as easily as the uh, as the actual manufacturers themselves? Well, I think it's uh, a variety of things. I think one of the things is the back doors that are hanging out there that I think uh, Bob mentioned. Uh, but I think um, it, it's a real issue, again, that's been just going on for ages. Um, but we're we're going to have to take a much more layered, uh, layered approach to what cybersecurity should be. And people are going to have to take ownership of it. Um, but again, we got challenges with some of the people who may not be uh, fluent in, in, in what needs to be done. And sometimes they just bypass stuff. And that's where you start having the issues where oh, I'm not going to like my Mac comes up, they go, it's time to apply a patch. Uh, try it now, try it tomorrow or or in an hour. Well, if I'm busy, I'm going to go, well, I'll do it later. And then you forget about it. And that's where the security vulnerabilities start coming in. I think I think one of the things that's uh, going to start becoming uh, much more prevalent is uh, once uh, AI becomes much more uh, mainstream, where uh, providers will start, like my cable provider could potentially start uh providing security, like an envelope of security around my AI devices, uh, sorry, my IoT AI devices with AI. Because let, let's face it, people are slow. When it comes down to doing analysis and stuff, and stuff like that, people are really slow. And um, trying to analyze things through a SOC and stuff like that, you just can't keep up. So uh, starting to enable uh, uh, automation applied to infrastructure to consolidate threats and, and block them is going to be a much more... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the wave of the of, of the future as a lot of these IoT devices start coming into play, and the whole market around that starts expanding. And again, jumping back to what I think um, Henry said, where it's the cheapness of some of these things where you can't apply the inherent security because it's just a cost thing, right? So that's going to be in there. But if you can put that envelope around there using AI, I think I think you're going to alleviate some of the issues. But we're always going to be behind behind the uh, behind the eight ball on this thing. Yeah, I, I can completely relate to the whole sort of, oh, I'll do that later sort of vibe when I get a, I don't know, Google Chrome coming up saying, please update me. Um, Henry, what do you think about that? Um, actually, to be honest, a lot of things that surround the IoT security right now is still, like I said before, on the vendor side. And when they monetize something, 
they always have to pay the price for it. And on top of that, the cheapness really comes to um, the play because um, a lot of the devices that we actually examined, it's just the, the quality of the whole um, architecture of how they made the device, how they wrote the software, or even how it connects to your cell phone. I mean, every single, um, every single connection is a potential um, risk. And like you said, you know, somebody comes into your house doing a regular maintenance, they can just log, log in with a laptop. That's an exposed backdoor that's also a convenience for them. And whether they choose to keep those backdoor for their own uh, ease of use purpose, or is there somebody going to uh, try to potentially hack it, that's always, you know, up in the air. And the possibility of someone hacking that potential backdoor is always high because um, we already be, we already are able to do that, and we have done that before. So, again, um, comes back to the vendor side. Um, how they supposed to protect you guys is really up to them, and uh, it's always coming back to the vendor that they need to put all those necessary checks in place, and probably they already have some check and balances in place as well to handle all those um different type of security issues, but you never really know unless they, you know, sort of disclose it or let you know it on their, on their website, how they have done it. And coming to the provider of the network or um, uh, the telecom providers, they probably have other solution that can encase your, um, your whole IoT environment a lot better. But again, that's not happened yet. So hopefully in the future, um, you know, from provider point of view or from vendor point of view, they are a little bit more active and more aware of what is really needed to put all this IoT security issue to peace. And um, and that's, you know, again, something that when we are doing the research and we're doing analysis, trying to, you know, work towards to. Okay. Anything to add to that, Chuck? Yeah, um, you know, again, I, I, I agree with uh, what Henry's saying. It, it is mostly on the vendor, but then again, it goes back to the, the root cause that there is no sort of standardization, not even a standardization uh, for, for audits and logging, all kinds of things. So you're dealing with a wide open field, like uh, 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 Rich said, the Wild Wild West. So it's, it's hard with so many disparate types of devices to, to sort of impose uh, uh, sort of standards or regulations on all these uh, interactive devices. So uh you know, I think it may take something like a GDPR for IoT to sort of, uh, you know, because you're dealing with data and people's privacy to, to really get uh, uh, the vendor side to do more. That That's very interesting. Uh, Bob, what would you say to that? Uh, totally agree. Um, I do an annual cybersecurity predictions and a wish list, and that's been on my wish list to have a uh, a bill in Congress for IoT. There's been several false start starts to be able to and, and attempts. And this last time around, they actually uh, brought in some cybersecurity experts to ask them their opinion instead of having a uh, you know, Congress that may, may not be totally uh, security or IoT literate. And but unfortunately, uh, it's been sort of a false start uh, several times, and I, I'm hoping it happens. Another thing I would like to add to this, though, is uh, a lot of the issue is is uh, is marketing driven. It's trying to be the first of an IoT product to market, 
And they pretty much just say, hey, we, we're going to put it out there. Uh, you know, we'll test it as best as we can for the few minutes or few hours. We can't have time to do it. But in the meantime, we'll put it out there. And if we find something later, we'll see if we can get a patch and, and, and fix it after it's already out in the general public. Any final thoughts from anybody else? Uh, I agree with what, what Bob just said um, uh, and, and Chuck. Uh, but one of, the, one of the basic things is the fundamentals of cybersecurity. But it, it's so easy. You could be the most cyber hygienic person out there. But then your friend comes over with his laptop or his phone that's just riddled with viruses and everything. And he's on the inside of your network. So you can have the firewall, you can have all that stuff on the outside, but uh, you know your smart devices aren't really firewalled, uh, really. Uh, so there, there's a huge vulnerability there. Just because somebody said, "Hey, I, I come over, I want to use, I want to use your Wi-Fi. Can I use your Wi-Fi?" Sure, but you don't know where you know what they've been browsing on their phone or what they've been downloading through email and you know clicking on things and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, you're you're just being scanned on the inside of your network, and everything's being recorded on their phone. Our phones hold so much information from our health, the financial data, to uh, like your smartwatch transmitting to your phone and all these other devices that, that you have connected up to yourself, wearable technologies and all that stuff. So there's a lot of information hanging out there. It's like I think Chuck said, though, low-hanging fruit. That's one of the biggest issues out there. We have to close that off. Uh, there's a number of ways we could do it, but I think that's all coming. And but this is where we are right now. I think another thing uh, is that there's not a whole lot of uh, repercussions if a company doesn't do the right thing and and back up their IoT device with security. So uh, anyway, and of course, I think in in legislation that might be something that is considered in the future. And that's it for this episode of Cyber Tribe. Thanks to all my guests, Bob Carver, Chuck Brooks and Henry Hugh, and of course, Rich Zalewski too. For more information and to find your tribe, go to thecybertribe.com. <laughs>